0: You know, I'm a rapper, I'll be rapping every day. Mm-hmm. Rap on the podcast. What do you say?
1: What do you say? Yeah, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> At least not today.
2: <laughs>
1: when I hang out with Ray. What? Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Hello. Wait a minute.
0: Like Will Smith when he was talking in the 80s in a car. Mm.
1: <laughs> then he That's how they used smack. to rap. They
0: used to rap like so, like yeah. then he basic got rhyme scheme. People like, like, yo, this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is fire. Went to the the store and I bought myself a meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was clean. It was like clean raps too. Yeah
1: yeah oh and then uh, I think it was Big Daddy Kane came in and kind of just changed his stuff up because rock him. I think he wasn't like that either, no but... oh, perfect. yeah, oh good Lord <sighs> all right, so I want to do this. Beautiful all day right. today. It is. I thought I it was enough it you know, um I'm glad that it didn't rain I When didn't you getting know,
0: yourself like a view, man when you getting yourself a view like this?
1: Oh, probably. Maybe next year, because I'm in uh, I'm in a market for a house. I have to buy one. But um, I don't want to rush the process. That's because like it's no going to be the first. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, well, I'm in the market for a house right now.
1: Yeah, um. yeah I have to buy a house. Because it's going to be my first investment property. But I, I want to have a um, studio, in-house studio as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to make a large investment to where... And I think um, while consuming a lot of the entrepreneurial content where they say, you know, you gotta pay to play. So let's just say you put yourself in a situation where you're paying like the four, five, six, seven grand a month. Now you have to earn that in order to live. So it motivates you to stay on top of things. So I have to go and, you know, find a location to where I'll have maybe one floor will be my studio, then the other floor I'll live on and then probably find something that's maybe like a fourplex or something like that and then rent out the other two locations, have that cover at least a grand, maybe about 70 to 80% of the mortgage. And then I'll just use that. And then ultimately after about a year, two years, I'll go pick up, go somewhere else. This will become an investment property, a hundred percent. And then I'll see if I could find the location Damn. with a view before I decide, oh, I want to become a family man. So, All right,
0: Jay-Z. Yeah. All
1: right, Nipsey yeah. Hussle. Yeah, gotta, gotta, cause the, I, I don't want to rush too, too, too fast into certain sort of things. Um, but because I always try to have a plan for everything. Love that I shirt, by the way. I just read it. That's fire. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, part of the uh, the mentorship um, that I happen to be in, they said uh, we gotta get a uniform. So he gave us. That's a he banger. Gave us a melanin millionaire. So I'm not quite there, but I will be there. Ten Can months, I buy that off you right uh, now? You want to buy it off of my? Give cor- you 100 bucks for that shirt right I'm now. I'm not wearing anything underneath it. My nipples. Just will change, be out. bro. I will not. This is. I will year. buy it from you right now. It is nice. It is nice, isn't it? That's a flat, that's fire. It is. It that's is. fire. You are like a millionaire in melanin. I that was <laughs> you just have a million melanin. Oh, oh, I'm a millionaire in melanin. Yeah, melanin millionaire. Yeah, so, makes uh, sense. Makes I sense. Get it. Black. Yeah, I am indeed black. You know, I am Scandinavian, but one way or another, you know, it's a, a great, great sweatshirt. I like it. Yeah, like it's fire. It. Thank it's you. It's a banger. Thank you. Right, no, no, no. I, I always found a lot of humor in seeing like people when um let's what was the what was the oh my god what was it was it Fubu, I think it was Fubu. <laughs> Fubu. Yeah, it was Fubu. When white, they had- white people in yeah, Fubu. Yeah, Fubu, Fubu, and um Fat Farm. I remember in like 2006, I was probably like 11, um about to be 12, and I remember there was a specific design that they had where it was like a pro black kind of design. I think it yeah. was Fubu, and they had something. There was a white guy and then an Asian. I think they were selling it at um, Cookies yeah. um, at my um, in, in Brooklyn. And I guess they must've got it for like maybe 10, 15 some bucks or something like that. So <laughs> it was like a pro-black shirt. And there was an Asian and also a white guy, both in wearing it the same day in school. <laughs> well, it's funny. I got a kick Fubu, out of FUBU, I just met Damon John, so I actually yeah, know this. Yeah, so it's, it's, FUBU,
0: uh, it stands for For
1: Us, By for, Us. For Us, By Us, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's like a white guy. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I know white guys,
1: Oh, oh yeah, man. dude. Oh my God. <laughs> they used to have a store in the mall that was right by my house. Dude, I, I'd walk in there and walk out with like five shirts for like seventy bucks, man. Well, no, no, sweatshirts. It was good times, man. Good times. good times. And funny enough, with Fubu, um the next time that you see Damon John, you should ask him about the LL Cool J commercial. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that. That is. was when he had LL Cool J come in and make a commercial because LL was making a um commercial for I think it was Nike. It might have been Nike, and what he did in the commercial was, in the rap, he said for us, by us, in the rap, and kind of promoted. Well, not even kind of. The yeah. intention was to promote FUBU in a different commercial, and then what it ended up happening was on the back end after the commercial dropped, FUBU stock and uh, um, revenues spiked upwards so it was was one of those covert like a covert mission so he was like a spy and when it was beautiful no
0: but you'll see stuff like that happen all the time
1: in fact this company right here is so right
0: uh, they were doing, like, one sale a day, 80 bucks a day. Yeah. And then Joe Rogan mentioned them. Yeah. As soon as Joe Rogan mentioned them, you go from, like, 80 bucks a day in sales to $10,000, 20000 a day in sales. Dude, Deion Sanders is doing it right now. With the glasses. With the glasses. A, with with the the glasses. glasses. I've seen he that. A million in, and two. It's uh, a mil- brilliant business move. Think about how many impressions you get. Yeah. Because think about it. He, Colorado, that's the, that's the big trend in football right now, right? Yeah. College football, at least. And he wore his glasses. He has a, his uh, eyewear company. Yeah. And all he's doing in every single interview, because there's such a big trend, he just hands his glasses to everyone. Yeah. Everyone's wearing it. Yep. It's, it's become a thing. And because of that, you're getting like billions of impressions or right. hundreds of millions of impressions for free, mm-hmm. just based off the publicity you're getting from something else. And then now
1: he's doing millions of dollars yeah. in At the time of the taping, he did yeah. he did 1.2 in the day. Uh-huh. And then now everything's for pre-order. I actually bought a pair myself. Yeah, right? exactly. And funny enough, with Blender's Eyewear, I, I worked with the company before. Crazy. So I found that wild. I'm like, really? So at the time of the taping, I think right now he's at about like 5.7 million. Uh-huh. Right? By the time this releases, there's no doubt in my mind, he will have crossed $10 million in revenue, probably Ooh. just based on off of just that glasses, because I don't yeah. know if it's just the company as a whole or if it's just that isolated product. But one way or another, talk about marketing, doesn't get much better than that.
0: I mean, they're for sure having logistics issues because right. when you grow that fast, you run oh, into like, a whole bunch of problems. Without question. But that's fucking awesome. And that just goes to show like how crazy the internet is. Yeah. And if you market things correctly, you can you can knock it out of the park. You can go from zero to eight figures and fucking... Uh, 90 days yeah. marketing
1: is everything marketing, marketing is, is everything 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 yeah no matter what business that you're in no matter what kind of man that you are doesn't right. really matter what it is you market yourself the right way people will follow but Facts. we got to get started the right way so ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages it is i the diligent vigilant meticulous sagacious, conscientious analytical methodical individual the chisel adonis. adonis he is a serial entrepreneur the filipino prince tycoon, tycoon. renee lacard and this is we, we are, are assiduous, assiduous. Right. And we were talking, before we started rolling, we were talking about um, differences in the kind of man yeah. that one may be. Because I think masculinity is in a very interesting place. Well, some people, right people,
0: think, some people think you have to smash a bunch of girls,
1: make right. a bunch of money, they mm-hmm. think you need a Bugatti,
0: mm-hmm. right? And then some guys are like very conservative, very traditional, they think you have to be a man of God, mm-hmm. you have to just uh, do everything you can to be a good human, you have to have a mission, a purpose. Um, they think you should get married right away to one woman and that's it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a mix. Because I do, I do think that there's merit with both of them. Right. And we're talking about it because David's big on Khabib.
1: Because
0: yeah. Khabib, I was saying, is like the idealistic man, right? Like his entire life doesn't, doesn't have eyes for any other women. Goes, fights, 29 fights, undefeated in the UFC. Mm-hmm. All he does is train, pray. He's a, he's a man of God, man of faith. He's Muslim, so it's Allah. But uh, he, he literally, all he does is, is Allah his wife, yep. train, mm-hmm. that's it. That's his purpose. Yep. And he, he has no distractions. He has blinders on, like David was saying. And there's something admirable about that, something honorable. For him, it's all about honor and right. legacy. And it's beautiful to see it, because you see you're like, wow, I aspire to be like that. Mm-hmm. He has no worldly distractions.
1: Right, and it, 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 he's like the epitome of like a character out of Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like he's like, all right, my entire life is training and getting better, and when I'm not training and getting better, it's my family, it's God, that's it. He's Goku. No distraction, he, literally, he's Goku. right? So with that being the case, you look at that, and you're like, man, that's a great high point of masculinity, and you were talking about how you don't think it's very realistic because it's uncommon now with the vast amount of distractions that exist and moreover, the vast amount of people well, that so are being distracted. To be that
0: big, the, the, I can say this from experience, yeah. the richer, the more famous you get, the more distractions appear Absolutely. in your life. Absolutely. Like When you're broke, it's easy to have no distractions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's why I'm blown away. When people are broke and they have distractions, it's like, what the fuck is distracting? Right. There's nothing fun down there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing fun down there. There's nothing fun on the first floor and you're finding a way to get distracted by these mundane things, imagine if you had money, you'd get fucking distracted. It'd be over. Because, because the second, right, if, if Khabib is Goku, the, the negative response, because Khabib, unfazed by women, unfazed by money, legacy, honor only, getting better, being the best version of yourself, then you have uh, the evil side, or, like, the, the opposite of Khabib, which is Conor McGregor, yeah. which is what made their trilogy, or their, not their trilogy, their fight so interesting, because he's the guy that's, like, brash yeah he's phased by money and women as we've seen and like with, the ways and pride
1: yeah
0: uh he's like the fajita
1: yeah he's a virgin. he's fajita. a fajita. <laughs>
0: fajita um and that's what made it so interesting but that's a guy who was great and you could see he was hungry mm-hmm. he was pure coming up but then as soon as he made a 100 million dollars yeah he got distracted he's yeah. like, drugs hedonism women dude mm-hmm. dudes uh he's no longer like the Conor of old that was like-
1: Right, cause he he accomplishes goal. Cause I, mm-hmm. I was talking about how with, he had a quote in 2013, and he was talking about how when he makes it, He'll be champion. His name will be synonymous around the world. Mm -hmm. He'll be able to buy that house for his wife. She'll be able to drive whatever amount of car for whatever days of the week it may be. His parents will be taken care of. His children will be in a situation where they don't have to worry about anything. And he accomplished the goal. And I'll never forget, there was a video, um, I think it came out in 2018 or 2019, where somebody was reading the quote to him. And you could look on his face. He was filled with emotion because he achieved everything. Yeah. And Marvin Hagler had a quote where he said, it's very difficult to get up at 5 a.m. and run when you, you're wearing silk pajamas, yeah. right? And that's truly it, where it depends on what your end goal is. Right. What is it well, what's that you're your, your doing? What's your motivation? What is it that you're really doing? What it is that you're doing? What are you doing it for? And mm-hmm. when you find yourself in a situation like um, McGregor, where it was all about taking care of those you know, who you love and submitting your legacy. Well, you've done that, so now what?
0: Exactly, and I think once, once he hit that, like, point, yeah. you see his performance. He hasn't Plateau. won a fight
1: in, like, years, yeah, right? Yeah, he plateaued. I like, think he's, he's won, like, it. one of five. It's almost like Anderson Silva. Yeah, And it's... with Silva, it's like, yo, you, you're with the- With Silva, he's the GOAT. but he looks yeah, he's like he's the greatest age. of all time, and he, then, no, but the he, he, should've, he should've walked away, but then he had no other love. Right. There was no other way to pivot. Because he, he's almost like, if I were to go into pro wrestling, um, he's like a Ric Flair. Right. You're the greatest of all time. You just don't know how to let go because this is all that you know. This is all that you really are in your own eyes. But
0: even with Conor McGregor, I think for now he just does it because there's nothing else to do. I think it's a pride thing, the reason he keeps fighting. Yeah. It's like a pride thing he wants to show he's still the best, but he doesn't have that dog in in him anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, right? When you measure masculinity or what makes a man great, is it honor? Is it legacy like Khabib? Is it staying true to the path of God? Or is it achievements mm-hmm. and accomplishments like Conor McGregor? Because there's, there's two things, because you can look at Conor McGregor and be like, that's a masculine guy, he's accomplished everything, right, he has achievements, mm-hmm. he, he's still leaving a legacy in a sense, or is it, or you look at Khabib and it's like, he did it a different way. Right. So
1: what is your measure of a man in that case? I would, I would lean more towards Khabib, because all of the worldly things, because granted, we can both reach the same destination, mm-hmm. but take different roads to get 100%. there, right? Like, I think everybody's seen the, um, the meme or the, uh, the cartoon where they had, um, it's like a track race. One has all of the obstacles. You have the steeplechase mm-hmm. that's up in there. You got the hurdles that are in there. There's like knives or whatever, the spikes <laughs> that's in the floor that you have to go through. Yeah. And the other person has like a clean path. Now, when we both finished the race, we will have made it to the destination, but we had different paths to go there. Facts. For me, I would lean more towards the Khabib route because there's a level of honor that exists there. Now, granted, mm-hmm. we all have different circumstances, but I think there's a level of morals that one should have or a code that you should live by. I think with, with Tony Montana in um, Scarface, he said, in this, in this life, all I have is my word and my balls. Or some of that nature. So, if you're in a situation where you're an honorable man, I think that's the highest peak level of masculinity. So,
0: I think where it gets weird, right, is like, is Conor McGregor not an honorable man in that sense, then? Because Tony Montana, use Tony Montana as an example. He's killing a bunch of people. Yep. He's doing all this coke and shit. Mm hmm. But if he's, if he, it's his quote saying he's an honorable man. Right. What do you define honorable? Yeah, because that,
1: that, that, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a, that's a, that makes him an honorable man, but I think there's, there's uh, connections between both sides to right. where I think if you're a man of your word, that's something that's honorable. If mm-hmm. you say you're gonna do something and you follow through with it, no matter what may transpire, I think that's an honorable person. Now, granted, Correct. your methods of doing so, may be relatively you know different There could be individuals who you know engage in illegal activity in order to get there you Mm -hmm. could have other people who go the legal route but if you're a man of your word i think there's a level of honor across the board no matter what it may be right now granted you don't have to respect that because let's just say if you're in a situation where you're a murderer right and you say hey i want to make sure my family's taken care of there's a ton of people who are in prison who all only reason why they did crime was to make sure that their family was taken care of granted it's honorable that your family's taken care of but you went and got there through nefarious reasons Mm -hmm. so now despite the fact that you completed your mission you're having to pay the tax for it right because you went about it in the opposite particular kind of way you didn't go the godly route
0: right the way the way i think this even came up is because we were talking about I think people are confused right now with what makes you a man, Right. what makes you masculine, right? There's uh, the dialogue where people say, oh, real men, they meet someone, they get married, they, they sleep with the same person for the rest of their life. Right. And there's other guys that are like, before you get married, sleep with 100 women, mm-hmm. test it out, uh, cause that's how you know. Cause, and here's the thing, I, I like the idea of just sleeping with one woman, getting married and having a great life. I have friends that do it and I respect them a lot. Yeah. But I also think that for a lot of men, genetically, and, and maybe we have to fight our genetics on this, but yeah. you're naturally gonna have, uh, I guess, temptations to do right. other temptation, things. Right,
1: temptation, yeah. And
0: then, I guess looking forward, like looking more into that also, I think when it comes to your value as a man, a, a one litmus test to gauge your value as a man. A lot of other things don't do this, right? Because money doesn't gauge your value as a man, because there's yeah. a bunch of people that are rich that are fucking, shit you know Mm -hmm. like they're they're shitty people they're rich but they have no personality they're out of shape it's like you're not really a high value man i hate the term but high value man um there's people that are in shape but they don't make any money so it's it's, they're not hardworking. they're not unambitious Mm -hmm. um the only way you really gauge your value as a man the ultimate litmus test is how many how many women want to sleep with you and not only that not want to sleep with you because that's something that's uh perspective you can say mm-hmm. oh a bunch of women want to sleep with me but you don't know unless they actually right. sleep with you right so the ultimate litmus test i was saying is like how many women you've slept with or the quality of women you've slept with. right right i, I like there's a, something that said that you have to sleep with at least 50 women before getting married and picking one i don't know if that's the case i think you have to sleep you have to sleep with like let's say you sleep with i don't know beyonce you right. get beyonce to cheat on jay-z yeah with you that's how you know you're the fucking man right you can sleep with any woman on the planet if that's mm-hmm. the case you only, if, if that's how you lose your virginity, you just uh, get Beyonce, convince Beyonce to cheat on Jay-Z with you, that's the only woman you have to sleep with for the rest of your life. You can get married after that. You know you're a high-value man. You pass the litmus test, you know? So there, I don't think there's a number, but I do think that, that a woman sleeping with a man is the ultimate litmus test because women are the ones who decide, like, because when they say high-value, they're talking about the dating market or, like, your yeah. value as a man. So the women are the ones that, they're the gatekeepers right. of that. So they can determine... Right, who, who are the men that like are desired? Because ultimately, I think if we're gonna just talk from a genetic perspective or a scientific perspective, human beings were created to procreate. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a biblical perspective as well. Uh, human beings are put on the planet to procreate, to have children, to reproduce, and if a lot of women wanna reproduce with you, you're mm-hmm. a successful human being. Right,
1: right, and so, I think it's it, also resourceful as well, because a lot of times people, when the conversation surrounded of high value man and everything, right? And I think the desirability of women to want to be with you, that plays a very large role. So if you're now in a situation where nobody, you make the money, you have the contacts, you have the success, but you don't have that women who like you, then you become like that dork area. So like you're the geek, individual who has all of this stuff but then you're like could you really like come over and sleep with like you you don't want to be that type of person so it's it's essential to be able to pull right at those levels and the fact that somebody like a beyonce because if you look amongst women and where you would rank with achievement beauty their essence aura Mm -hmm. per se she's up there Right. Well, she's so, with the billionaire. So that's, that's with the ultimate a billionaire. Billionaire. So that If there's the case, a billionaire
0: that's with you, then exactly. obviously you're... Exactly, and her
1: willingness to want to leave that to go with you. And it's not just, okay, she left and slept with me. She's, she left, slept with me, and then wants to be with me. Okay, cool, I'm good. I don't have... That's not, all you, that, right. you, that's, that validates you, period. Right, that validates you, right? And that's not to say, oh, well, that's the only way to you know, become right. a high value. But if you're in a situation where the women who you sleep with Or the women who you frequent, they're women of quality. They're also. I was gonna say that. Like, if you
0: sleep, like, it's not the amount of women you sleep with. Let's say you sleep with. A, thou, uh, a thousand, a thousand just trashy right. trashy women. Yeah. Like overweight, obese, yeah. will sleep with anyone. You sleep Trail with a thousand apart. of those women, yep. that doesn't make you a high value man. You're just mm-hmm. disgusting. At that yeah, point.
1: you just sleep you're you're gross. you just sleep with any of the Exactly. The quantity so, doesn't overtake the, the quality. 100%. And I think it's it's moreover the, the the lessons that you learn in the midst of trying to accumulate that amount, because as you, truly, as you get closer and closer, you start to notice, like, wait a minute, there's certain intangibles that I could take away from the process. Like, if you're somebody who's no longer afraid of the approach, Mm -hmm. you're actually able to be comfortable around the women you're able to create an experience to where they want to go and hang out. Like, for example, like Dan Blazarian or whatever the case is. Like, it's gotten to a point now where, let's just say he was paying the women to go around. You think that's gonna have to last forever? Yeah. Women will just naturally, okay, I've hang turned out, 18, yeah. I've turned 21, I've turned 25, i wanna go turn hang out with I wanna go hang out with Dan Blazarian because it seems like it's very cool. He's a vibe, as they would say. So with that being the case, once you get to that particular kind of point, now that value is solidified, it's, it's there. And that's the other approach, like the McGregor approach so versus I think, like the I think Khabib that's where
0: the, the, I guess the difference is. Uh, right. When people say like high value man, people misinterpret it. High value man, if we're going to just talk def- by definition, yeah. is a man that a lot of women want to be with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're very valuable, so yeah, yeah, you're yeah, really you're valuable the, as a reproductive yeah. resource. So you're women the wanna guy be you.
1: women want to be with, you're the dude who guys want to be. That's like be. with a high, high right. value man. Yeah.
0: There's a difference between being a high value man and an honorable man. Mm-hmm. And a man, a principled man. Right. You know? So right. you can have a Khabib who, who married his wife, been with her ever since, doesn't look at other women, yeah. doesn't even take pictures. I thought that was dope. Uh, he said he, didn't, he doesn't take pictures with other women. Mm-hmm. So he met with a CEO of a company that he really likes. He took a picture with the CEO's husband because the CEO was a woman. Right. Because he doesn't take pictures with other women. Yeah. I think there's something honorable, something principled about that. Mm-hmm. You know? He, he's a high-value man in his, in his own sense. But you have a Dan Bozerian, who has, who's around a bunch of women. He's also a high-value man. You can't yep. deny that. It's just he's not, like, an honorable man. He's not a principled man. He's not uh, uh, necessarily... What were you going to say, David?
2: Yeah, so I was going to comment on that, if I don't, if you don't mind. It, yeah. So is that... He plugged this mic in, too. He's like, oh, yeah, I want to yeah. get in on
0: this. Gotta get there. Is,
2: is that then value? Because there's, there's... Habib is a high-value man because he provides for his family, he doesn't lie well, you know he tries not to or at least he always tells the truth. Um he's honorable to his wife, all these things. Mm-hmm. And then we put high value on people like Dan Bilzerian because they have money and access to pleasure and all these the riches of life. But like those things only last so long, right? Well,
0: it, so like, don't it's, I don't think it's on Is that real
2: value what Dan Bilzerian provides or <laughs> but is it I- just like a big distraction from like What we were saying, Mm -hmm. truly getting to like fulfillment because you're so distracted by yachts, parties, alcohol, all this
0: stuff. So like, where's the real value? Well, I I don't think. I think the value comes from the fact that like, like women want to reproduce with him. That's what the value is. Because if your goal, if your purpose on earth is to reproduce as human beings, that's what it is, from a genetic level and a biblical level, Mm -hmm. uh, or like a religious level. Bible, every every religious text, Bible, Quran, it tells you you're here to reproduce. Right, you're here yeah, was- to have children. But also genetically, scientifically, it says human beings, you're here to reproduce as well. So if that's the, if that's the case, if, if the, the basis of human existence is to reproduce, recreate, which is why sex is pleasurable, which is why having a family is beautiful, uh, I think that, yes, it makes him high-value man if he's the one that everyone wants to reproduce with. Because if that's, if that's the goal, uh, like religiously mm-hmm. and scientifically, that's the one common theme that human beings are here for, and everyone wants to do it with you, you're high-value. But there's
2: another part to that reproduction goal in the Bible, which is like, right, reproduce with intention, and right. there's so much more to it. It's not like just like, yeah, go out, because then that's lustful. Well, that's no, so right, exactly.
1: I think, I think, it's, I think the desirability of the women who want to be able to reproduce with him, I think that's a portion of it. No, I well, think I, his resourcefulness and his ability to then, I don't want to say control, but have influence, of everything, I think that also plays a role in the value as well. I think it's a lot of different factors. I think he's a, di- he's a high value man for a different reason than the honorable portion exactly. that Khabib holds. I yeah. think it, oh, they both can exist within the same space, just on like different, you know. Sides um yeah, so, yeah. But
0: here's what I was gonna say also. I think, I think he, he loses value as a man if he doesn't reproduce. So like, I don't know how old he is now. Is he like 40, 45? he gotta be
1: like 40. I don't
0: know, let's say he's 40, right? His clock is ticking. He's running out of time to reproduce. I think within the next couple of years. Well, not
1: necessarily. I mean, I'm, okay, fair, yeah, fair, yeah, fair, yeah, fair, yeah, fair. Because can reduce forever. Within I think the Al next, Pacino within or Albert Camiller like, just had a kid. Within like the next 80.
0: 10, 20 years, mm. if he doesn't have a kid, let's say 60, well, the, never has kids, he loses his value as a man because it's like you had all of this stuff granted to you. You had a, a mission created by the universe and you didn't fulfill it. It's like almost like wasted potential at that point. Yeah. Well, but let's say he has a hundred kids, it's like you've completed your completed. But your it mission. would
1: depend because let's just say, because of course, you know, adoption or whatever exists, but then you can also become a mentor to millions upon millions. Like, I, I don't but think- But how can you that, mentor
0: someone on having kids if you didn't have any?
1: No, 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 co- correct. But then if you were to now take, you know, somebody in and you were to now teach them and you were to take all the things that you learned and you now pass that down, I think you're still able to maintain that value. I don't think it's, it's, it's predicated on somebody actually being your seed to carry on the bloodline. I think, I think, I think it's primarily to attached to your um, counsel, to who it is that you've now have enlisted as your, I don't wanna say successor, but somebody who's like your mentee kind of Fair. thing. I think if you're like a mentor, you can then pass that value down amongst the masses, I don't think it's predicated on like your actual by blood child, mm-hmm. because let's just say if you're a situation where you were born and you're sterile, right? If you fair. now are incapable of having kids, I don't think that's just a knock on you know, your value immediately because at that point you're already born with a ceiling.
0: Fair, fair, I understand that. But also, that's like saying you're being born with no legs. It's like you're born with a ceiling, but you can still be great in a Right, sense. right. Yeah, I get it, You just I have to it.
1: find different ways. Like, I think that goes back to, like, with the um, reaching the same destination, just finding a different sort of avenue or a right. different road to get there. Because with Honor, I think, and truly with Khabib, he's not in the public eye like that, unless, of course, you know, he has an appearance or something like that. He's more behind the scenes. It's his wife, it's God, it's training. And he's so committed and dedicated to it. I think a lot of people, especially with the distractions, you find yourself in a situation where as you're ascending, you're building the value, you've now reached that value, you lose those core principles because they were never really established. Mm-hmm. If you have like non-negotiables in a relationship, right. and the moment that that non-negotiable is now tr- the, the other is trying to negotiate, you must walk away. The moment that you even engage in the negotiation, you're taking a step away from your morals, your principles, what it is that you stand for, because this is supposed to be a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Khabib, it's immediately, if I'm not taking photos with women, it doesn't matter who it may be. If this person is, if I told myself I'm not doing that, and now you're like, oh no, let's just take a photo, or whatever, I must walk away because this is what I stand for. Right. So I think it, that's what separates with an honorable, type of individual, because you, you cannot be swayed by anything. You're yeah. stoic through and through.
0: But I think as a man, you, you live with two gods. L- listen, listen to this. As a man, you live with two gods. Mm-hmm. You live with the god of the physical world, which is the Dan Balzerian side of the spectrum. It's like hedonism, okay. fat, sugar, uh, food that tastes good but isn't good right, for you, right. money, drugs, temptation. sex, temptation. lust, temptation. temptation. That's the god of the physical. Mm-hmm. Then you have the, the god of the metaphysical or the god of the spiritual, and that's Khabib where it's, it's hard work, dedication, training, mm-hmm. a passion, an honor, a legacy. So I think as a man, your measure of a man isn't like which one of these things you follow. I think as a man, you can be somewhere in the middle because I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. I feel like I've, I've experienced some of the Dan Bozzarian stuff and it did make me feel good. I'm not going to lie. But I've also experienced the Kaboom stuff, the hard work, the dedication right. it takes to build something. Right. And how and does that make you feel? That makes me feel a lot better as well. So even right.
2: naturally, a lot. Do you think yeah, one it, of them makes you feel better than yeah. the other?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if one of them makes you feel better than the other one because people mm-hmm. say, oh, it's, oh it, this one feels so much better. I don't think that's the case because I'm not going to lie. Fucking the other shit is really fun, too. Yeah. But I think one leaves a lasting feel-good yeah. for the rest of your life. Because yeah. this is a feel-good that, like, it's like eating a McDonald's cheeseburger. Temporary. Like, temporary. It's like temporary. It's like yeah. binge-eating McDonald's. You're like, oh, this is so fucking good. The happiness you get from eating McDonald's, your brain's releasing the same chemicals. You still yeah. have dopamine.
2: Immediately after you hate it. Yeah, right. exactly. But then, right.
0: right afterwards, you're like, oh, what the fuck did mm-hmm. I just do? Yeah. So it's kind of similar in the sense, like, you get the same feel-good. One doesn't last, one does last.
1: Yeah. And I think that's probably what's the most important portion or i think that's maybe why people can look at the khabib kind of lifestyle and look at that grounded honorable man and be like man at one point when you're older you'll probably look back and say maybe i could have done something not to say everything that you did was wrong you'll always look back and be like you know i'm proud of the man that i was but because temptation looks so appealing because we've all experienced it. There's moments in which you can be tempted by something, you go through with the temptation, and it's not so bad. It has no negative implication on your life. You went, you enjoyed whatever the case was, you returned back to life, and you're like, oh, well, now I know what the experience was like. I no longer have to engage in it, but at least now I know. It's the excessive mm-hmm. use, yeah. or the excessive, you know, um, submitting it's too much of the this and not enough of that. Exactly. So there has to be a balance, I think, between the two. And I think that's ultimately why we have such an issue now with the masculinity, or even across anything. People see life. this side and look appealing, see and they side don't look and at they that. And they completely well, abandon so the that,
0: other. that's the thing, right? Because with Dan Bozerian, we, so we'll stick on this example. He let's say he's doing all this shit now, but let's say right. tomorrow, he's like, you know what, okay, I'm done with this. I'm gonna start a family, I'm gonna live a very wholesome life, I'm mm-hmm. gonna continue to build my business and do that. I think he can confidently be on his deathbed, right? And be, he could be on his deathbed and be like, yo, that first 40 years of my life was so much fun. In the last 20 years, I, I accomplished my mission, I accomplished my goal. Right. He can be completely fulfilled and happy. Right. He's gonna live with
1: zero regrets. Because he's done it all. Yeah, exactly. It all. exactly. Exactly, he's done it all. Um, right. So
0: that's kind of like what it is. and. On the cross side of that, let's say you have a Khabib. I don't think Khabib is a good example because I don't think he'll live with any regrets. None, none um, whatsoever. But let's say you have someone that followed like God's plan for them. They married the first woman they had. Yeah. They, they did all this and under deathbed, they're like, fuck, I wish I would have done some of the other stuff. Mm. And they lived with the regrets because they didn't get to do the other stuff. I think it- or you see it all the time. The guys that, that marry one woman, they're 40 and they're like, they, they finally give in after 20 years and it goes bad, it goes downhill fast mm-hmm. because they were whole, bottling it in for 20 years. You know, and eventually, like, fuck it, and have but a midlife crisis. But that, that
1: goes yes. to not living to the principle, because if yeah. you consider with Khabib, where he says, I, I I, don't lie. So if there's a moment in which you feel as if, oh, something's uneasy, because as we all know in relationships, it doesn't work if both, if both parties don't work. Right. The moment that one person is trying to overcompensate for the other, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. So if you're in a situation where it's like, all right, I got with this person. Why did I get with this person? You have to be very intentional. The moment that you know, okay, well, they're grounded. We you know connect on our morals and our principles the moment that things start to step away from that i've got to now get you back in check yes. or so, have to walk
0: but I think well,
2: that's the thing so sorry to interrupt you but yeah. that that's super important uh, mm-hmm. there was back in the day before i started listening to jordan peterson he was one person i agreed with everything he said except when he was like i don't believe in divorce even right. if you're miserable and you have a child you have to stay with that person i yep. think divorce should be illegal mm-hmm. i was like all right that's a bit extreme now i totally agree 100%. i think it's like If you made the shitty choice of not vetting the person Mm -hmm. correctly, but now you have a child, dude, it's not even about you anymore. It's about that kid. And you made a commitment. I think people take marriage so lightly nowadays. They think it's like, well, my friends are doing it. I'm at that age. I should get married. I've been with this person long enough. But then when the going gets tough, they're like, man, I deserve more than this. I don't need to be with a toxic person. Fuck you, you made a fucking commitment. You brought all of your friends and family, you had this big Mm -hmm. fucking party, Mm -hmm. you did spend all this money for what? For it to be over in a few years? Mm -hmm. Fuck you, you made a promise to God. To God, dude, you got on your knees and you promised to God you'd be with this person through thick and thin, through uh, health or sickness, whatever, uh, poorness or wealth, whatever it is. And now the moment it starts getting tough, now the moment your promise gets put to the test, you're gonna quit? Pussy. You are a pussy. No, I agree the with same you. 100%. I gave my dad because yep. when he he was doing this thing with my mom and he was like they got divorced and then he was trying to get back with her, and a month after he was like I'm gonna try. He was like Ah, your mom's too much. Fuck you, dude. Too mm-hmm. much. What the yeah. fuck was the point of that then? Right. Well, so, right. yeah. People take this marriage thing so lightly. You should stick with your partner, no matter how shitty they are. Mm-hmm. If you have a kid. Right. And, and if you make that commitment, be a fucking person of right, Un- David. I unless agree.
1: you're in a situation where it's like there's a violent yeah, factor, unless you're right. in a city where 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 things have to because your safety is yeah. in question. But I, I truly a hundred and ten percent, David. Believe I believe with that. 110%. I agree with this hundred percent. Also,
0: 100%. I am going to be a little bit liberal on this one, guys. I have to be a little bit liberal on this one. And I think my only. Uh, I think at our age, you're 27, I'm 28. How old are you? I'm 29. 29, cool. 27, 28, 29. Yep. Now, if we make this decision now, mm-hmm. we are grown enough to stick with our commitments. If you make right. the decision as an adult, you're good. What about these kids that get married at 18? Because because they say, hey, you have to get married when you're 18, mm-hmm. because that's how it works. You, you have to get married when you're 18, you have to stay with the same person. You're 18, you took me as an 18 year old compared to now? Oh, Bro, different. I didn't know shit, I was a completely different, different human being. Yeah. So how can you expect me to make a life commitment to a person when I'm not even fully a man yeah, yet. I, think that I can out. confidently, so back, back to back to what you were saying, Dave, you're like, oh, like be a fucking man about it. When I'm 18, I wasn't a man. No. I was yeah, a fucking I don't kid. I think
2: an 18 year old should be put right the, that I, sort of test.
0: Yeah, I wasn't,
1: that t- even I wasn't, with military, I think they should start at 21 and I think that there needs to be some form of transitional period between in adolescence as you're going from that 17 entering your adulthood I think there needs to be a period between 17 to 21 to really prepare people for what adulthood Re- I disagree so,
0: with that but I think
2: military should be able. I think yeah I, I do mm-hmm. I do I agree with you I think some, military Some guys need a kick in the ass No yeah.
1: some do but the only thing is that with the commitment that now comes with it I think the same sort of principles that stand and uphold within a marriage also uphold within you know a, a military because you must be in a situation where you're 110 percent committed to the mission no, that that's you're set. Where that
2: comes from for some guys they get sort of
1: disciplined. military, the military. The military. no right right because it's like you have no fucking choice bro. right but then there were there there are that percentage which i do believe is now growing based on the society that we're in now where people will go say all right i'll commit to this and then they'll quit and then when when, when they quit they start to quit across the board in life yeah And that's the only reason why I think maybe if you were to push it to like 21, but then there's this 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 adolescence college or adolescence academy that really prepares you for what you're gonna get into in adulthood. It, we're now producing the right kind of adults. But then the thing is don't you think that's the parent's job though? It uh, is. So that's the back, biggest thing. It the is. Parent's job, right? And Truly. And, and that's why I think if, if somebody you're now at 18, you're not in a position to where you know, you should be getting into a big time commit, whatever the case. It's because your parents did not do the job that they were supposed well, to do. Part and, of that too, I, I think a
0: big issue in the world right now uh coming from a single mother i know this there's the statistics on like single motherhood is insane yeah and we can go into i'm not going to get political with this i'm not going to mm-hmm. talk about the agenda i'm not going to talk about like the family unit but did you guys know that the single motherhood is the highest point it's ever been yeah in history yeah in the united states at least mm-hmm. i think 40 percent of mothers are single mothers yeah and you could check me on that it could be less but 40 that's a crazy number wild. bro that's wild. wild to think about and the thing is like there's incentives and, and subsidies where p- people obviously wanna help single mothers. Mm-hmm. I had a single mother, I get it. But at the same time, if you incentivize it, it's gonna happen more. Exactly. And when you have a single mother, these boys or girls, they grow up in broken homes, they don't mm-hmm. get, cause you have two parents for a reason. Yeah. Right? God created that for a reason. Mm-hmm. A mother is there to teach you how to love, how to, how to nurture, how to be a compassionate human being. She teaches you empathy. But a father teaches you strength. Yeah. So if, you, if you're learning empathy, compassion, but you're not learning strength, you're not learning principles, you're not learning values, which a lot of those come from the father, mm-hmm. it doesn't really stick, which is why you have all these guys that aren't shit and you have all these girls that are hoes. Because everyone's growing up in a broken home or a flat home where no one teaches them how to be an adult, no one prepares them for real
1: life. And like you were saying, it just bleeds into all of society. And what's crazy about it is, it's gotten to a point now where the parents are competing with each other, yeah, rather than working together on the mission of raising the child. Facts. They forget why, the the main purpose. They forget that the main purpose is raising the child. This is as such a, a good fucking unit. conversation. I've been holding my you know? fist. Yeah, sorry. you can take take a piss. But it's yeah. it's, it's, well, it's a situation sorry. where you sit there and you take a look at a lot of these broken homes you take a look at a lot of these families where there's not a unit between the two of them yeah the single motherhood is at an all-time high and when you take a look at all of like whether it be crime amongst prisons whatever the case may be the larger percentage of them come from broken homes yeah now with that being the case and i've since i was a kid my biggest frustration was what you're ending up doing is you're teaching that child to now create their own broken home as they become older. So now, if you're a guy who grew up in a situation where, let's say your mom said, well, your dad was trash, I didn't need your dad, or whatever the case is, When you now become a father, you're not going to feel as if you're needed. There's two different avenues. You can either become the love-bombing dad who doesn't want to miss anything, wants to over, you know, be there for the kid, or you'll become that other same cycle where it's like, well, I I guess I'm not really needed. My mother was able to raise me without, you know, uh, my dad being there. So, you know, my child's mother can raise my child without me being there. And you go the opposite way. Yeah,
2: and I think it's mostly – it it can also – go. it's it's sort of like – you get that mentality of like, uh, I don't know, you don't, you lose appreciation for that relationship, mother and father and partner. Mm-hmm. And so you start treating your relationships with less care. Right. And so it happens that you then get a woman pregnant and then you're like, uh, I can't commit to this. I'm so young. And then you become that guy that left, you become that guy that left his kid. Yeah. Or you become that really absent father. So. Right. Like a weekend and I think, dad. Again, this in, Call me a conspiracy theorist if you want in the comments. I have no face. I am but a ghost in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all part of the ultimate global agenda to just ruin families, yep. ruin people's morale and sort of view on life where it's, hey, you only here for such a limited time. Enjoy it. Go be right. on yachts, party, do drugs, net. Women, you don't need to get married. You need to be tied down to a man. Guys go sleep with a bunch of women, and then what happens to the family? It's gone, yeah. it's never yeah. conversation. Exactly. The moment you say, like, get married, it's like, oh, here we go, oppressive mentality, right wing cons- So, it's all in order to keep our heads down and control us better.
0: Well, what happens, right. David, 100%. what happens? We're, we're, civilizations have a life cycle. Mm. You look at the, yes. the Roman Empire, civilization, every civilization in the history of human time has a life cycle, right? Yeah. You look at the Roman Empire, they, they killed it, they were around for 2,000 years, Uh, United States has only been around for 200 years. We're in the fucking first, like, 10%. But what's happened is, because the world moves so fast, human beings have created technology, it's connected everyone, Mm -hmm. it's accelerated... ...the the degradation of society. Whereas, with Rome, it took 2,000 years, because messages don't travel as fast, Mm -hmm. so so agendas don't travel as fast. In the past, let's say, uh, with Rome, you're a prosperous nation, right? The Roman Empire, you're a prosperous nation, and you get that degradation, someone's like, you know what, we're living good, let's just start being hoes, let's start sleeping around, let's start drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. That message creeps out way slower. But with social media and the internet, right, United States has been super prosperous 200 years, mm-hmm. but now if someone has that idea, they just tell everyone online and they get that message to everyone online. So civilization life cycles are so much faster. Rome took 2000 years for them to go from one of the most powerful stoic uh, nations on the planet,
1: yeah.
0: huge landmass, controlled everything to then falling and collapsing because of the stuff that you're seeing in today's society. Same with the United States, you're seeing it very, very quickly now. What, what's interesting to see is because obviously you have messages that go both ways. So there's a message of, hey, do this, mm-hmm. but you have the, the counter message, which is, hey, get married, right. start, start a family, do this. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out because now it's like a battle on both fronts.
1: Yeah, and it's it's wild to me because a lot of people, they don't... That's why we see a high level of regret. I think we probably live in a society now where true, I, there's no real way to take a poll because you would have to get people on their deathbed yeah. to agree to now be interviewed or whatever the case uh-huh. may be about the level of regret. But I, this is just anecdotal, but I truly feel as if we're in the highest generation of regret we've ever been in, mm-hmm. where you could talk to somebody who's like, in their 20s go back and talk to them when they're in their 40s they'll look back with shame despite the fact that you may really enjoy the experiences that you got it made you into the person that you are when you're now the adult but then you'll look back and you know what you were doing back then was bad it was destructive it wasn't very uh, it wasn't conducive to success mm-hmm. but then you'll try to find excuses as, well, you know, we only live once, or, well, I was young and dumb, but you knew it was a problem. Like, wh- by the time we reach our teenage years, really, while we're incredibly young, we know what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But we try to make excuses for things. Well, so
0: this thing about knowing what's right and wrong, as, as a product of the system of having a single mother, I look, at, I look back at my life and I'm like, ooh, shit could have gone bad there. Right. I'm very grateful. When I say I'm lucky, I'm lucky in the sense that my mom put me in martial arts classes. It put me around a good- Get you uh, some discipline. Yeah, put me around a good environment, put me around uh, people that are disciplined, people that can steer me in the right direction. Right. But let's say she didn't do that, right? And I would just, after school, instead of going to karate class for five hours, I would just go hang out in the streets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My mentors, instead of being these disciplined people now that teach you honor, teach you respect, my mentors are now people in the streets that are just like, yo, let's go, let's go smoke, let's go drink. Around. Right. Let's, yeah, let's go let's go rob let's go rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Or let's go rob a liquor store. Yep. And then I'm like, well fuck, we get money from this, let's do it. And then you easily become like you perpetuate the cycle, right? Yep. Um so that being said, it's like when there's when there's absent parents you're naturally going to have
1: regret because no one's teaching you, no one's right. putting you in the right environment. And I think most people are chasing the camaraderie because, it, with games, yeah. when I was very young, that was Brother, one of the things that I never could wrap My mind, a part around. of something bigger. Right, than you want to be a part of something yes. that's bigger than yourself. So if you're in a situation, you're chasing that camaraderie. That's why sports is so integral to you know um, that child's growth, yeah. to learning the discipline, to being around, being held accountable, recognizing that your action doesn't only affect you; it also affects mm-hmm. um, somebody else. Because I can't tell you the countless amount of times where you could look at videos of people in courtrooms when they're sentenced to an umpteenth amount of years in prison okay you're going and you're doing the time you're not even doesn't even register in your mind the effect that it has on the other individual if you now put that child you put whoever into like a karate class or you put them onto a football team you put them in a spot where their actions also affect their teammates like one of the things with um parenting that I always thought, if at any point I'm given the blessing of being able to have children, I would have a situation where if one person fucks up, we all have to reap the punishment. So, all right, cool, let's just say it's like push-ups or whatever. Well, this person messed up at school. Great, the whole family does push-ups And,
0: now. and the thing you get right?
1: from that is accountability. Accountability, because Everyone you recognize it, you what you do doesn't affect you, it affects somebody else. Exactly. So, because that's the case, We have a lot of these children where you come from a broken home, now you go out, the streets become your mentor. Now with that being the case, what you're not recognizing is, your the cause or i should say whatever it is that you do the effect of that cause of whatever it is that you do affects all of your loved ones Mm -hmm. and you were never it never registered in your mind that they could be affected you thought well if i just fuck up i just fuck up no it fucks up everything that's around you.
0: human beings innately we want to belong
1: right we want to belong to
0: something whether it's an entrepreneurship community you see i see a lot of these entrepreneurs that are like This is my entrepreneurship community, and they're all positive. People want to belong to something. They belong to gangs. Oh, this is my set, I I rep these colors. Mm -hmm. They want to feel like they have people that have their back, but more than that, they want to feel like they have people they have common ground with. And I think a lot of that, that's why you have church groups. That's Mm -hmm. why you have gangs. That's why you have Facebook groups of like niche stuff, entrepreneurs. Uh, You have private telegram groups, you have discords. You have video game uh, groups. People want to be part of a community. They want to feel like they belong somewhere. And most of the time, when people grow up in broken homes, the only place that accepts them are the streets because they yeah, take streets, anybody. Yeah,
1: they take anybody. They take anybody. Yeah, they They'll take be like, anybody.
0: oh, yo, you don't, you don't got nothing to do today? Just come hang out with us. Yeah. Right? They're the most... The, the most unfortunate part about gangs and street culture is it's the most accepting.
1: Yeah, it's the most accepting. And then the, what sucks the most is there's a warped sense of honor and, uh, uh, um, not what's the word that I'm looking for? It's honor and then also, because there's, there's no honor among thieves. Mm-hmm. So that's on the back end. Like if you, take a, if you were to look into like the history of the mafia, when people started squealing on each other, it's like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be family. We, this family came first. We all did the crime together, so obviously mm-hmm. you'd go and do the time. What you don't recognize is, ultimately they're just chasing that camaraderie. The moment that that's not there, I'll turn on you immediately. 100%. Right. So with that being the case, that's one of the things that they don't see. It's on the back end, it's not on the front and, end. And the and thing most about people will fall in love groups like end.
0: gangs or the streets, they're the most accepting, but the reason they're the most accepting is because they have the lowest standards.
1: Yeah, standards. So standard. like yeah. like
0: a job at McDonald's, and again, nothing, not hating on McDonald's jobs, but like a job at McDonald's, the reason that it's so easy to get their job is because they have low standards. Mm-hmm. The reason it's so easy to get accepted into street culture or a gang is because they have the lowest standards. Yeah. And in order for you to get accepted into uh, a higher group or a group with a higher purpose or more accountability, something that's more honorable, they require more work from you. Yeah. In order to be a part of a basketball team, they require you to put work in. They require early practices. Mm-hmm. Right? They require you to do a lot of things that you might not want to do and if you don't do it, they get mad at you and they might kick you out. Yeah. Because like any basketball team, if there's a person that doesn't work as hard as everyone else, they don't want that, that poison in the group. They don't want that cancer in the group. Exactly. But those people are the ones that are accepted by... Gangs and right because
1: and... it's the it's the path of least resistance. So then mm-hmm. it's almost like every everything that is worth substance And it could all go back to our original conversation about, you know, Khabib versus McGregor when you're in a situation where um, The path of least resistance is there. You'll always fall victim to the hedonism You'll always find yourself going out of your way mm-hmm. to go join That group that has the lowest amount of standards you want to be in a situation to where you're honorable you're highly sought after. You're somebody where you can look back and have no regret in what it is that you did. You have to be in a situation to where you take the highest level of resistance. You know you're going to go through that adversity. You know you're going to go in through a very rigorous kind of experience in order to get to where it is that you truly want to achieve. Because nobody who you really revere and wish you could be like ever got to that point doing nothing. 100%. Even
0: in, even in the lowest lowest circles, let's say gangs or drug dealers, cartel yeah. even. Yeah. You look at someone like Pablo Escobar, right? It still took him a tremendous amount of work right. to get to where he's at. So you could hate him, you could say he's an evil guy because I could agree with that. But at the end of the day, even to get to the top of that circle or top of that position, he put in a lot of work. He was very calculated. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of things that, that a lot of people weren't willing to do. You know? So regardless, to get to the top of anything, it's going to require work. It's going to require discipline. It's going to require commitment, and yeah, man. It, yeah, hundred
1: percent. It, it, truly, it's like ultimately, there's different paths to make it to a same destination. Mm-hmm. But in the in the in the process of getting there, there's a lot of work that has to be done to get to that particular point. So whether Clubs. you look at with high value or you look at what would be considered successful or whatever the case is, there's no easy way to get there's there. There's no easy way to get there. Distractions will always exist. You don't wanna be in a situation to where you're not a man of value, you're not a man of honor, you don't have any core you know, um, non-negotiables that exist there and how you navigate throughout your life. So you have to make sure that is established you know, whether it's from young, if you're a little bit older now, you have to identify what that is yeah. because you don't want to be that person where you're constantly changing. You're like, the, you're like the wind. You know, wherever the wind blows, that's where you're at. You know, yeah, it's the no, worst way to live life.
0: I think some of the best people are the ones with principles that they stand by, mm-hmm. no matter what. Good or bad. Like, I, when I look at some people, uh, some people have crazy things I don't agree with, mm-hmm. but they're just principled human beings and they have reasons why they stand behind their principles. And And even if they they aren't necessarily right, I still respect those people more than the people that go
1: flippy-flop. Right, right, and ultimately in life, everybody has a different perspective and and thing, and I think that's why the conversation is very important, and dialogue is incredibly important, because if if you lived one kind of lived experience, I live one kind of lived experience, if we can't now converse, not just figure out what experience was right, but have understanding about what it is that we've gone through Mm -hmm. and could have that comprehension about, okay, what lessons can we take away from that so we can now look at the next generation and then pass that game down, ultimately pass that value so that we're not raising these children with absolutely no direction. That's truly what the meaning of life really is. So whether it's the Khabib route, whether it's the McGregor route, you have to find a route that works best for you, but then you also have to almost live a life that you're not intentionally doing nefarious things, that'll mm-hmm. slow down your growth, mess around, and you know, take you out of the game right. type of situation. So you gotta have that in mind, I think. I think that's, that's incredibly important. Um, and that's a good point, you know. Close on because a lot of times people—it's a mindset thing across yeah. the board uh, with, with everything. But it's in very, it's very, 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 very important. So just keep that in mind. But one way or another, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this has been another episode of Assiduous with the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual D. Chiseled Chisel Adonis—that's me—and he is a serial entrepreneur, the Filipino prince, prince tycoon Rene, Rene Lacod. This is—we are assiduous, buttery and
0: sticky. Ooh, <laughs> ooh,